Forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds. And I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. 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 On the screen I have, I'm not sure if you can see it. I want to kind of open your minds and hearts this morning, and I know this doesn't do it justice. It's almost difficult to fathom eternity. Now let's use this method in somewhat we can relate. That's time on the backdrop there. It's time. The dot is time. Because this is all about perspective. Everybody say perspective. All the events that happen in time happen on that dot. Everything that we know to have happened from birth, your birth, your sister or brother's birth, your family members, some of them who have gone on and died, your education, your marriage, your career, every historic event, discoveries, medical, scientific, injustices, holocausts, transatlantic slave trade. Everything happened on that dot. And Jesus comes, and this is what he says to us. He says, now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God comes not, does not come with reigning physically on a throne. He said, don't come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there. Go over there and see it. Come over here and see it. For indeed, the kingdom is where? It's within you. It's the first message. He initiated this message when he came. His ministry rose and was birthed platformed on this message, the kingdom of God. Everybody say the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, the reign and rule of God in the hearts of humanity, of people, God's reign. 
In this truth, in this reality, would be the backdrop to time. It would be that which, when Jesus understood time, he understood it against a backdrop of the kingdom. Everything he saw, he saw it against a backdrop of the kingdom. So no matter what happened on the dot, it was always against the backdrop of the kingdom. Eternity. Time and eternity. Time and eternity. Time and eternity. So he developed something he's trying to develop in all of his followers is an eternal perspective. He's trying to develop this perspective in all of his followers. The kingdom is among all earthly kingdoms, but one day it will swallow up all the kingdoms. Every rival kingdom will be consumed by this kingdom. I like the way Daniel in chapter two began trying to unpack Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And Nebuchadnezzar used to have these dreams. And, and what it did, Daniel was able to interpret these dreams and cause them to be elevated in that empire. And Nebuchadnezzar had this dream that troubled him about all of these kingdoms, these, these, these clay, uh, parts of clay, these, these, the, the rising and falling of this and that other thing. And, and, and Daniel comes along and says, all of those kingdoms you saw, Greece, Persia, Babylonia, all of those kingdoms are going to come to naught. And God will raise a kingdom that will be left to no other people. He's not leaving any more kingdoms. When he raises this kingdom up, he's going to hewn it out of a rock. He's talking about Jesus. And he's going to raise this kingdom up. This kingdom, unlike the other kingdoms, won't be physical. It will be spiritual because it will move from heart to heart. And as my elder says, from breast to breast. Heart to heart, it will move because this kingdom will be perpetuated from heart to heart. And so the kingdom comes and really in two phases. It comes now and then it comes again later. And when it comes later, it comes in its fullness. Now it's here eternally. But right now we get a chance to tap into it because the kingdom of God is where? It is where? In us. I mean, you got the kingdom in you today. You got the kingdom. You can relate to what I'm saying this morning. We get glimpses of it all the time. God will, God will do something specific and he'll invade an earthly situation to reveal the kingdom. Does it all the time. I like this statement. Life on earth is the practice field for the eternal. Yet we're often so consumed with the temporal, we can't see or understand the eternal. We're so consumed with our day-to-day -day issues. And you walk away, walk around with the kingdom inside you. 
not realizing that your day-to-day issues are those things which the kingdom should be impacting. Everything you deal with, it should be in light of the eternal. With a backdrop. Every challenge, every crisis. Jesus spent his time trying to get the disciples to understand this. So you, we are not alone. Everything that occurs in time could be weighed or understood and even overcome if you understand this. He said this to his disciples. He said, and he answered them, to you it has been what? Come on, talk to me, TC. To you it has been what? Given to know what? The secrets of the kingdom. So you're supposed to know the secrets. Are you hearing me? I'm going to drop one of them on you today. But you're supposed to know all the secrets. He gave it to you. But to them, them who? Who do you think them are? Those outside the kingdom. Those who don't believe Jesus is Lord. He's given you the secrets. What secrets? What secrets? He expected the disciples to, to, to buy into this, you know. But they weren't there yet. And it's all right. He knows a lot of us aren't there yet. But you can't hang out there. You can't stay there. Why is the follower given this knowledge? Why, why is this a reality for us? So we can live out this unseen reality. It's a purpose. The kingdom is invisible, but the kingdom is capable of physical, visible effects. Even though it's invisible, it is capable of visible, physical effects. One of the greatest miracles of that kingdom is seated right next to you. I'm going to say that again. One of the manifestations that the kingdom exists is the person sitting right next to you who's been impacted by the kingdom. How many of you heard some testimonies of people whose lives were a mess before? And today their lives are totally radically changed. Why? The kingdom has come. It has manifested itself. So, in essence, Jesus continued teaching this whole concept of the kingdom. Because he wanted people to understand it. The kingdom of God is invisible, but capable of physical, visible effects. And so they asked him, what, what is the kingdom like? And this is what he says. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? And what does he say? It's like a grain of what? like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden and it grew and became a tree and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. He goes on and says like leaven where a man put leaven into something and it leavened the whole thing. So the kingdom of God begins in seed form and it grows into something. It grows into something to the point where birds can make their nest. They make their homes in something that didn't exist before. Something that was invisible, now it's manifest. It's grown so large, they make their nests in it. 
like I shared on Wednesday night when, in our teaching on Wednesday, I said every bird is not a clean bird. There are some birds that make their nests in it because they're trying to hide in the light of it. And the most dangerous thing to the truth is that which hides in the light of truth. I ain't got time to walk down that path. I hope you wrote it down. Let God expand it for you. Because we got a lot of that going on. Amen. That's why you have to be discerning. I said you have to be discerning. You have to know what's of the kingdom and what's not of the kingdom. Amen. Because every bird making his nest in the, in the tree ain't clean. Boy, I wish I had time to unpack that, but we're going to move on. So that's the first message Jesus came. That message was important. He came to preach the kingdom of God, but he came to deliver another message, which I found interesting because this message is about money. And he focused, he preached more about money than any other subject. And I found that interesting. And because I'm a why person, I need to know why. <laughs> you know, we got all kinds of different people among us. We got why people and we got what people. What people always work for why people. <laughs> or they work for somebody that knows why. You know, you got the guy and he's, he's putting the widgets in the boxes. They're coming along. He's just putting the widgets in the boxes. You ask him, why are you doing it? I don't know. You ask him what you're doing. He knows what to do. Yeah, we put widgets in the boxes. Close the box, tape it up, move it. The guys up in the office, they know exactly why he's doing it, why he needs to do it on time, where it's going. It works for why people. You don't want to be a what person. You want to be a why person. That's why your kids ask you, why, daddy? Why, mommy? And you know some of y'all just have three or four whys deep before they wear you out. <laughs> you say, I can't. Don't ask you to go ask your father. Can't take it no more. Kids were sent by God. So here he, here's what Jesus does. He takes this second message. Because he knows how important it is to humans. This is what he says. No servant, let's read together. No servant can serve what? For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one. You cannot serve God and money. Other translations use the word mammon. And they use mammon and they capitalize the M. Which is also interesting. Because mammon is real. Jesus needed to talk about this. Why? Because he, he, here's the thing. He, he, in order for Jesus to cause us to understand the kingdom, he had to talk about its main distraction. 
The main thing. Mark 4 talks about, goes through the, the different soils. And it goes into the, the, the various soils. Some, of, some seed fell on rocky ground and, and some fell on this kind of soil. And all the different soils of the heart. And it talks about how the seed falls on a specific soil and, and it's choked out by the cares of life. What is that? Our quest to try to make life easy for ourselves. And we think, here's what we think, that mammon is a solution. Oh boy. I said a few weeks ago that if you know the spirit of a thing, you know the thing. How many of you remember me saying that? If you know what the spirit of a thing is, you know what the thing is. If you know the spirit of that man that's trying to talk to you, you know the man. Ain't about what's outside. It's about what's inside. Same goes for a woman. If you know the spirit of the person, you know the person. And if you understand how you can hear a spirit talk, listen to what comes out of that mouth. It will give you its motive. It will give you its objective. It will give you its purpose in life. It will tell you its value system. And it don't take long. That's if you can get past the external. The presentation. The same thing with money. It takes on the character of whoever possesses it. But there's also something called the spirit of mammon. The spirit of mammon, and this is the only verse in the Bible where something else is platformed on the same level as God. As I said last week, it has the ability to replicate God's attributes. If you have enough of it, you think you're omnipotent. If you have enough of it, you can literally be omniscient, knowing, you can know a bunch of different things because you can hire some of the greatest minds. If you have enough of it, you can be everywhere at the same time. It replicates the attributes, the characteristics of God. Jesus knew this. And he said, this is going to be the greatest hindrance to them of really seeing, seeing the kingdom, seeing eternity, seeing time against eternity. Because they're going to be stuck in time. And I got to free them from time because they're eternal beings. You are a spirit being mastering this human experience. Not a human being mastering the spiritual experience. You got to get that. Because we walk and live in a place called faith. 
Faith has the capacity to pull from the unseen into the seen, even before it gets there. I you realize you, you, you sitting in something that was in my spirit over 16 years ago? That he dropped in my heart in word form? In a seed. And it grew. And now look at it. It's impacting nations. And birds of the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the birds trying to make the nest. There's some good birds. <laughs> but we got to keep things in perspective. Turn your name and say, keep it in perspective. You got to keep it in perspective. That's why this mammon thing is important, folks. We tend to measure our wealth with a substandard measurement. The world. A substandard. Money competes with the understanding of what Jesus wanted us to understand, which is true wealth. If you're taking notes, highlight that. Put, put quotation marks around. True wealth. True wealth. What does that look like? There's no other scripture I said in the Bible that platforms something else with God but this one. Why? Mammon. Because mammon is about economics. In Revelation 13, the beast, and I don't get into all this prophetic stuff, but suffice it to say, the beast, the false prophet, and all of them that will be here, the strength of the beast is economic. They won't be able to buy or sell without the mark of the mark of man. It's an economic. It's not about power. It's not about military. It's about economics. He rules through the threat of the control of money. I don't know whether you see that, but we are moving extremely close to that being the reality. No one will buy or sell without that mark. Here's the key. The threat only has power over people dependent on money. Or have a love for it. It only has power over somebody who thinks that's their security. It's the only person who has power. People that will have power. People who trust true riches, it don't touch them. Because they understand my true value is intangible. I know how to tap into the intangible and bring out what I need. I hope you can walk this road with me for a minute because I'm in this space right now. God has caused me to, to, to re-enter this space and hang out with him and understand the things that he wants this house to understand. Because you have to be a different people. Ah. You have to be a different people. So I ain't got time to give you nice Bible stories. I got to give you truth. Because truth is the only thing going to sustain you. When the winds blow, 
and the river rises, you'll have something to hold you against it all. I said, well, let me go back to my notes. <laughs> you can hear people say, I know God loves me. Look at what I have. Then I guess he must not love the person who has less. The one living in a hut who believes and trusts him must be less favored. That's a lie from the pit. If you teach your children money is the answer to their problems, you're setting them up for a lifetime of serving mammon. So let's get it right. Let's get it right. Turn your neighbor and say, let's get it right now. Let's get it right. Let's get it right. Let's get it right. Money came is here to serve you, not you serve it. And if you're serving it, you're in the wrong space. I like this story. Let's go to Mark chapter 10. I like this story. Mark chapter 10. We all right so far? Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Verse 17. You mean we're going to open the Bible today, Pat? Yep. Mm -hmm. I need you to dig sometimes. I need you to open up the pages. Go to your data, your computers, or whatever you use. We don't hear a whole lot of pages today in church, but I still like to hear the pages. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. Let's read. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus looking at him, loved him. Jesus what? He loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell all you have and give to the poor. What did Jesus say? Go sell all you have and give to the poor. And you will have what? Treasure in heaven and come and what? Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. The kingdom revelation, again, here's Jesus and a rich man. Notice what he wants. The rich man wants the kingdom. <laughs> he, he's asking for the kingdom. This man is really a, a, an image of the whole entire world, people in the world. He is. He's a law keeper from a child, which means he's religious. Jesus is trying to get him, not from, from religion to kingdom thinking. And there is a difference. So Jesus has to change his values. He has to change what? His, his values. What's most important to him? The man heard not only sell all you have, the man heard give all you have. It's not what Jesus said. Jesus says sell all you have and give to the 
before. What was Jesus doing? He was trying to transfer this man from one space to another, but he was also getting him in favor with God because anybody that gives to the poor lends to the Lord and God will owe no man nothing. You understand how this thing works? So if he gives to the poor, he just lent to the Lord. Boy, that's an investment. Are you hearing me? That's a real investment. And so he's trying to get this man moved from one kingdom. The spirit of man was so strong that he even heard it speak. He heard it speak. He heard, give everything you have. You know how we hear sometimes when the offering plate comes? We're ready to offer in times. Uh-uh. <laughs> you ain't got nothing to give. Don't you know mammon speaks? Mammon has a voice. Oh, you, you can't, you can't, oh, that's too much. <laughs> I want to thank every person that gave me something for my birthday. You understand. I got to step down now. I'm going to talk to you from an apostolic position. When you sow into me, you open up the kingdom for yourself. I'm not trying to get you to give me nothing. Because I don't need nothing. I do have needs, right? I do, Pastor Elder Raphael. I have needs. You know I have needs. But in 16 years, have I ever begged anybody for anything in this place? You ever heard me beg for money? Why? Why? Because we understand how the kingdom. And if he got to bring it in a bird's mouth, he's going to bring it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So every person that sold into this, guess what? There's something. It ain't about birthday. It ain't about birthday. We're going to show you in the word. It's not about that. It's about understanding how kingdom works. Because we can get really messed up. When you got good soil, recognize the good soil. Because there's a lot of bad soil out here. There's a lot of people with motives and all kinds of stuff. I spend more time giving than receiving. Why? Because I understand the concept. That's the nature of God. So when you like this, God can't help you. He can't do nothing for you. You're like this. You ain't got but so much anyway. You ain't, some, some of you ain't got enough to pay your own bills. Why? Because you're choking that thing to death. Look around you. You see this place? It wasn't built with money. It was built with favor. Thousands and thousands of dollars of favor. Why? Because we tapped into We understood how to tap into that place because we had money. But this is what he does because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, right? Isn't that true? So he can give me anything he needs to give me. Are you hearing me? The reason he don't, because I want you to use 
the kingdom currency called faith. I need you to learn how to walk by faith. When ain't nothing there, you can still see it and declare it from your mouth. I don't need nobody giving me something. Have me some, some people think I'm beholden to them. I got to lead. I remember when I first started the church, he said, I got to separate you from them before I can send you to them. In other words, you can't be dependent on no human being. You got to be dependent on the kingdom. I hope this is resonating with you. I hope you kind of sort of understand what I'm saying to you. The comparison between Jesus and the Pharisee, I want you to note the mindset. Here's the mindset. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in what? Much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in what? So, 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 so when you say, the, you know, pastor, when I hit the lotto, I'm going to give to, well, let me check your record giving now. Let's look at the, you ain't giving nothing now. I'll be like that pastor down south who is suing the young Y'all help me. Help me, saints. The pastor is suing the young lady because she promised to give a tithe to the church out of her hundred and some odd million dollars. <laughs> that is deep. So he going to sue. I wonder how blessed he'd be if he, if he won that. You know, how, how far that would be. Oh, my God. Turn and say, this world is really jacked up. It's, it's jacked up. It's jacked up. And look what Jesus says. He says in red, if then you have not been faithful, in unrighteous, what does he call it? So, so, so if, if, if everything we have in our pocket, what does he call it? And we kill him for it. We got, we, we, the whole world moves by it. Then who will entrust to you what? So how can I get that and you can't even deal with the unrighteous stuff you have. The stuff you go out and make. Work four or five jobs doing it. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will, that's a principle, you've got to underline this. If you've not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? So if you're looking to start a business and you've not been faithful in your boss's business, don't even think about it. If you're stealing from him, from your job, don't even think about it. What qualified me to start this house, to lead the house, to, for it to be anything was my faithfulness in serving other leaders and helping them see their vision to come to pass. 
faithfully, not trying to rip them off or, or undermine them, or just faithfully. So you qualify for what you, your dream by being faithful in that which belongs to somebody else. That'll preach. True riches are controlled by God. God deposits them based on the stewardship we operate with in the natural. So notice, he said, who will entrust? And really what Jesus is saying is, God will give you true riches if you can be faithful with what you have. He can trust you with unrighteous stuff, then you, get, you qualify for the eternal stuff. Because the earth is the training ground for the eternal. Time and eternity. Are you seeing the parallel here? So salvation is the first installment in true riches. You got your first installment of true riches because you gave your heart to Jesus. That's the first installment. Given by grace. After this, God makes a deposit based on faithfulness with worldly wealth. Like any father would his children. Let me see how you handle even the true riches I give you. Let me see how you handle the things that I give you, how you treat them. And that will qualify you for more. And the more is not stuff, folks. You know what the more is? And I don't have time to really dig into a whole lot of it. It's wisdom and insight, understanding. We look at that stuff and say, all right, I can't spend that in the store. Guess what? It translates into financial gain. Are you hearing me? It translates. Because the invisible is what makes the physical possible. Hallelujah. How many of you live in a home? I mean, how many of you, you saw yourself living in that home before you got there? Come on, come on, tell me. Yes. And now some of y'all can even see yourself in a new home. Uh-huh. See, 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 see how faith is working? Faith couples itself with imagination and locks itself into hope. And so you begin to see stuff before it shows up. I mean, it just happens. I remember going to Elder's apartment in Brooklyn. Now I'll go to his fabulous house in Long Island. Everybody say faith. Sit there, we have our coffee, we talk. I say, hey, this is nice. <laughs> you know, but faith, folks, it's taking that which is, oh, please hear me today. It's taking that which cannot be seen and bringing it into a realm of the physical. And somewhere along the line, they qualified. They qualified themselves to receive favor. Because they had money, but, but they got a lot of favor. Am I, am I preaching to the choir? I mean, favor, come, favor will get you more than money can get you. I live in a house I couldn't afford. When I got the house, I couldn't afford it. It scared me. <laughs> and my crazy wife, <laughs> you know, she just walk around seeing stuff. And she, 
told me about the dream she had and seen the man who sold us the house. And I seen the house, you know, big white house. I said, and when we had the opportunity to get it, I said, honey, you, you mm. <laughs> honey, you, the Lord's gonna give it to us. I'm in it. Ain't never missed a mortgage payment. It's interesting how that stuff worked. And it's interesting because the man couldn't sell. He refused to sell the house to anybody. We walked away from the deal because we something happened. Something happened. And we walked away from it. And the man said, okay, I'm going to hold this house till they come back. I ain't selling it to nobody. As a matter of fact, I'm going to sell it at the price I told them I'm going to give it to them. It took us a month. Came back after a month. Same. Y'all ready to buy it now? Yeah, we're ready. <laughs> yeah. When God wants you somewhere, when God, when God, see, see, and I remember my Dick, Deacon Hall. I remember Deacon Hall telling me, I said, Dick, I don't feel right buying this house. The church ain't in his home. He said, uh uh, you gotta get in your home first. You remember that? He said, oh, Pastor, you got to get in your home first before we get in our home. That man knows something. He blew me away when he said that. He didn't even think I would remember that. Blew me away. That thing took me from there. I said, all right, Lord. Because I was scared what people was going to say. I was, I was afraid people in the church talk. How he getting all this? Is he stealing? Y'all don't understand what we go through. Understand what happens. He must be stealing. People said it too. He must be stealing. No, it's called favor. It's called walking in a dimension that's on the inside of you. You see stuff. That other people just don't readily see. And you take them with you. Because they don't see the faith you have. And they end up being blessed because of your faith. Ha, ah, tell me somebody. Somebody say amen in this place. You end up blessing somebody else because God was able to inoculate you with his faith. That's what that birds in the, in the, in the, in the trees mean. The, the, because you were able to do it. Everybody can't be where you are. They're not all where you are when, when, when you're there. But somebody's going to get there. They just need to see you do it. They see you walk out and do it. And trust him. Believe. Stop looking at your bank book. Because them numbers ain't never going to look like what you need. Are you hearing me? Them numbers are never going to look like what you really need. Everybody say true riches. In order for Jesus to cause us to understand the kingdom, he had to talk about the main distraction, which is this worldly, worldly wealth. Look at what Paul says. Let's get through this. Look at what Paul says. So, so let no one boast in men. For what, what does Paul say? For all things, whether Paul, Apollos, Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or present, or future, all are yours. 
You are Christ, and Christ is what? Notice what he said. All things. They were arguing over who was who and who, who was going to follow who. And, and Paul said, listen, everything is yours. I'm yours. Cephas is yours. Everybody is yours. Everything is yours. What does Paul say? Paul says it twice. He says it twice in the same verse. The literature of the time often spoke of wise men possessing everything. So they understood the context. Paul was here correcting the believers that there's no place for foolish boasting or competition. You got to leave that to the side. What Paul is saying, everything God has done in the church and the entire universe benefits the believer. Everything God does benefits the believer. The evidence of not understanding your wealth is when you complain about how I ain't got enough. <laughs> you don't understand how it works. We ain't got enough of us. And, the, and that's the first thing we say. Come on, y'all. Usually that's the first thing we say. I ain't got enough. There's not enough of us to do it. God don't count numbers. He make numbers count. Elijah and his servant, classic examples. God opened this man's eyes so he can see who's around us. That your army is around that army. That eternity is around time. Show him in eternity that eternity is greater than time. Open his eyes to see into the next dimension. And Jesus stressed the same thing to his disciples. Matthew 3, 11, he said, and he answered him, to you it has been given. What? To know what? The, the secrets of heaven. But to them it has not been what? Kingdom revelation is given to you, not the world. It sounds exclusive because it is exclusive. <laughs> That's because it's exclusive. There is exclusivity in following Jesus. Just, just get ready for it. He does some things for his children. Are you hearing me? Understanding true riches is one of those secrets. You only find out being a citizen of the kingdom. Remember Jesus' words to Nicodemus. You can't even see the kingdom until you get born again. You remember that statement? You can't even see it. That's an exclusive statement, folks. For Jesus' followers. It's these secrets that he spent three years of his ministry trying to get inside the disciples. Okay, you got 5,000 people that need to eat. Then go on, give, give them something to eat. What's the first thing the folks in the church do? <laughs> Two disciples to give us. What is the first thing the disciples do? They, they say, we, we, we got to go to the store. <laughs> let's, let's go to the store. And Jesus says, hey, somebody got something we can work with? You got anything we can work with? And just and look, just give me a little something to work with. You give me that, and let's bless it, and it'll be unlimited. Are oh, y'all hearing me, TC? You got something? Say, I got something to work with. You got something to work with. Look at what you have. That's what you use, not what you don't have. What you have. Because he already gave you what you need to get it done. The minute he puts it in your heart, it's already finished. 
Do you hear me, TC? The minute he puts it in your heart, it's already done. What you got? What you got in your house? How much you got in the bank? I've heard whole ministries. All they had was a couple million dollars. They said, all they have a couple million dollars? Yeah, compared to the vision, the vision required 15, 20. So what they did was their $2 million, they sold it into a church that needed $2 million. I keep hearing these stories over and over. And what God do? God brings it back. Now, favor, you just unlocked something. Favor starts working on their behalf and they can accomplish the vision. Now somebody is sown into them. Do they have this kind of spirit? No, they got this kind of a spirit. Hallelujah. When 5,000 people had to be fed, the disciples responded differently than Jesus. Jesus responded from the kingdom perspective. They responded from an earthly perspective. Miracles is when God invades humanity to make a point. <laughs> the kingdom can take little when it's sold and expand it. So, so here's a special insert that I need to say right here, okay? While we're talking about this. We are not talking about prosperity teaching. We don't teach that here. Are you hearing me? We are not talking about prosperity teaching. It's a false teaching, a wrong teaching that has entered the body of Christ and caused people to treat God like he's a genie in the lamp. You don't rub his stomach and get what you want. You give because giving is good. Not because you're going to get something back. When you hear that message, that's not the message of the kingdom. I give, not expecting it to come back. But it often comes back, but not the way I gave it. Are you hearing me? So this prosperity, this faith teaching stuff is wrong. It's error. It's not biblical. God is not a genie in the lamp. We don't rub his tummy with our faith. We can get what we say. Name it, claim it. We don't get what we say. You notice that? You can name it and claim it all day long. Ain't nothing coming. We don't give to get. We give because it's the right thing to do. Satan knew people viewed God this way. He knew it back in the ancient days. That's why he said about Job, he said, if you touch his stuff, he'll curse you. Because that's what people equated. Being blessed by God is when God gave me stuff. Wow, we do our children that way and mess them up. Blessed are those who realize their own spiritual bankruptcy. Your need for God because he can enrich you through every situation with his grace. And I can make grace abound towards you in every situation, having never a need. You ain't got to come to me and treat me like a genie. When I tell you to give your car to so-and-so, give your car to them. Don't worry about the car. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. 
When I speak, when you hear a word, act on the word. Don't let fear grip your heart. Because you're about to mess up something. I remember years ago, here's, here's one of the keys to us getting that house we got. My first house was a very small house, so I had, to, I had to make room so my kids could even have room. We didn't have enough rooms in the house, but that's all we could afford. We still own that house today. It's a good, good, good investment house. So, so we had to make rooms in the basement. I never built anything, and I learned how to build. So we, we did the whole basement. Me and Home Depot for $4,500. Had a contractor come in and say, I charge you $12,000. didn't know you won't. You're charging me that, but you ain't getting it. So me, Home Depot, and some brothers that knew some stuff. They helped me build out that basement. We had a couple. We got a call from Florida from some people that we were in relationship with. Pastor Pettis, there's an African family. They're stuck in JFK trying to make it to the conference here in Florida. Could you go and get them and let them stay at your home or, or, or bring them? Huh? Put them in a hotel. Right. And we didn't say, put, we didn't put them in a hotel. We brought them in our house. They came from Africa with little jackets. And this was one of the worst winters in New York. Remember when JetBlue shut down and they, 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 they caught all that flack because they, they, the planes weren't flying. They, it was just a mess. JFK shut down. It was, you know how New York can get. New York, I remember one time when Malcolm X died and, and, and they were on the corner at 125th and Lennox and, they, and, and the, they, they, I said, we got to defend our brother Malcolm. And they said, yeah, we're going to defend Malcolm. They kill our brother like a dog. Yeah, we got to defend Malcolm. And that wind was going. <laughs> People's pants was blowing like this. <laughs> we got to defend Malcolm. You know how black folks are. So, 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 so the wind is blowing, right? And, 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 and the brother said, yeah, but we ain't going to do it tonight. We're going to come back tomorrow. Because it's cold out here. So, so, so that wind was whipping around. So, so these people, they come here from Africa with little coats, little jackets, nothing. They're freezing. A husband and wife and one of the brothers from their church. We bring them home. We buy them clothes. We buy them coats. Make sure we, huh? Pastor B is preaching to me from the audience. So, it's, it's difficult, you know? I'm trying to give the message, and she's giving me the, the, the commentary, you know? Hey. So, so. Everybody say a wife, a wife, a wife, a wife, a wife. That's a good thing. So, so here's the bottom line to the story. Because we did what we did for these people and got them to Florida, I think some of y'all remember the story. We got them to Florida. They even prophesied over us. We got them to Florida because we were going to the same conference. Got them down there. The people down there just, they were so grateful for how we took care of them. Do you know that released favor on us? I mean, I, when, when we got the house, God said, you remember what you did for them folks around here? I said, whoa, okay, Lord. 
Be nice. You don't know what you have. You're a steward of it. He told me, he said, now I need you, when you, because you got this nice big house, this is where the preacher's going to stay. So you don't put no preachers in the hotel. Let them stay in your house. And that's what we do. We fellowship now. House is a, it's, a, it's a ministry house. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? You don't own nothing. You do, what you, you do with it what he tells you to do with it. Because the minute you start thinking you, you shut it down. You shut the kingdom down from being able to honor you and bless you. Oh, man, I want to give you all some. Can I give you one more story? All right, just let me give you one more. Let me just give you one more, just one more of these examples. All right, we're going to end here. And she said, this is the widow of Zarephath. And you, you, you know the story, some of you in First Kings. The, the, the lady, you know, she's, she and her husband, her son are about to die. And, and, she, and, and here's the prophet, 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 look at what the prophet says. And she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked. He has to give me something to eat. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jar. Well, notice, what, notice her perspective. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and what? I just got a little bit. This is not going to sustain us. We're going to die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Don't go earthly on me. Let's go kingdom. And do as you have said. But first, make me a little cake. <laughs> Got to feed the prophet first. Are y'all hearing me? I'm making light of this stuff, but this is kingdom thinking. You understand? You, you, you find the right kind of people to sow into. Are you hearing me? Not greedy people, people trying to take advantage, people who got wrong motives. There are some good people on the planet. They still exist. There are people that have good motives. Ain't a whole lot, but they still exist. Do not fear and do, do as you have said. But first, make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward, something for your son, yourself and your son. And the scripture says, she ain't never ran out. She never ran out of flour and she never ran out of oil. It just kept flowing. What? See, there are times God will, he will invade earth. You understand? He will override the normal. That's what a miracle is. It's an overriding of the normal. How are you hearing me? And he will supernaturally cause something to happen. I had one of the members here tell me she was, uh, they, they, were, they were on a trip, and I, and I love these stories. And she said, Pastor, I heard the Lord tell me. We were in the airport, and there was a person in a wheelchair, and I heard the Lord tell me, lay hands on him. She said, Pastor, I, I froze up. She was honest. That happened to y'all. How many times? That happens a lot because you think you're going to look bad. It ain't you who healing anybody anyway. He just needs you to be obedient. 
So when he says, lay hands on somebody, just lay hands on them, pray for them. Can I pray for them? People love prayer. They love prayer. Can I pray for them? Yeah, sure. You don't know how many demons you got inside. <laughs> I'm going to say, uh-uh. Who are you? <laughs> no, but people love prayer. <laughs> so we pray for people. And they will let you pray for them. How do you know? that that is not going to be the moment for that person's life to be changed. You don't know. You don't know. We've had that happen several times. You heard me tell a testimony. Lady bringing somebody over my house. Lady can't, because she see or hear. She was legally blind. They on their way out the door. And the Lord said, pray for her. I said, okay. I prayed for her. Lady's eyes opened. She went berserk in my apartment. I had an apartment. She went literally berserk. I mean, that's the first time she can see. Now, what if I had? Uh-uh, I ain't doing that. <laughs> Looking embarrassed. It ain't me healing anyway. Pray for her. Kingdom came. Lady's eyes open. I said, whoa. <laughs> that lady went berserk in my apartment. You thought I was Jesus. I said, uh-uh. Worship, he worked with the Messiah, but this is nice. <laughs> you want to see those kind of things happen, but he can't do it if fear grips you. How are you hearing me today? There's so much he wants to do through your life. Just let the courage of the Holy Spirit come over you. Come on, stand up. Paul, get on the piano. Let's just go into, let's just go into worship right now. Let's let this word saturate itself in the hearts of the people. Let them hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say to them right now in their own individual place. Come on, Hope, bring the singers up. Let's, let's, let's worship. Come on, let's just worship.